Welcome to the Weekly Lisa, the podcast that covers everything. This is a segment podcast. Please enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Weekly Lisa. I'm Lisa. Now, if you're already invested in this segment, you know this is the Diaries of Howard Carter. Let's get started. 27th of November. Chandler prepared for an electronic installation for lighting the tomb. This was ready by noon when Lord C and Lady E, Chandler and myself, entered and made a careful inspection for the first chamber, afterwards calling in the antechamber. In the course of the afternoon, the local inspector, Ibram Heffon, of the Department of Antiquities, at Luxor came in place of the chief inspector. He'd been absent on the visit to Kenna. It soon became obvious that we were but on the threshold of a discovery. The sight that met us, beyond anything, one could conceive. This hectagonous net mess of material crowded into the antechamber without a particular order, so crowded that you were obligated to move with anxiety, anxiety caution, for time had wrought certain havoc with many of the objects was bewildering. Everywhere we found traces of disorder caused by some early intruder, objects overturned, Broken fragments lying upon the floor all added to the confusion and the unfamiliar plan of the tomb repeatedly caused us to ask ourselves in our perplexity whether it was a royal tomb or a royal cache. As the better light fell upon the objects, we endeavoured to take them in. It was impossible, there were so many. Beneath one of the couches, the Thothorus couch, in the southwest corner we perceived an aperture in the rock wall which proved to be nothing less than another sealed doorway broken open as by some predatory hand with care lord c and i crept under the strange gilded couch and we peered into the opening there we saw leading yet another chamber afterwards called the annex of a smaller dimensions than the antechamber and the lower level even greater confusion prevailed here the very stones that blocked the entrance forced in was the breach was made were lying helter-skelter upon the objects on the floor crushed by the weight. It was full of one one mass of furniture and utter confusion of beds, chairs, boxes and vases, statues, cases of preparacular form and every sort of thing overturned in search for valuables. The remaining portions of the plaster covering the blocking of the doorway bore similar self-impressions as to the other doorways. In neither of these two chambers could we see any traces of a mummy or mummies. The one precious reason for making a cache, with such evidence as to well as a well-sealed doorway between two guided statues of a king. The mysteriously gradually dis- dawned on us, and we were but in another ante- anterior portion of the tomb. Beyond that closed doorway was a tomb chamber, and that of Tutankhamun probably lied there in all his magnificent of death we found the monarch's burial place intact save certain metal roddings and not his cash we then examined the plaster and seals upon the closed doorway they were of types of seals of all bearing things insignias of the king we also discovered that at the bottom part of the blocking of a small breach had once been made a large enough to allow a small man to pass through but it had been carefully reclosed, plastered and sealed. Eventually the tomb beyond had been entered by thieves, who knows? But significant evidence tells us that someone had made ingress.
The results of our investigations were one, it was clear place for a pharaoh's tomb, not a mere cache. Two, that we had only entered the antechamber of the tomb filled with magnificent equipment equal only to the wealth and splendour of the new emperor. Three, we had found a royal burial little disturbed save hurried plunder at the hands of ancient tomb robbers. It was sight suppressed all proceeds and one we never dreamed of seeing. We were astonished by the beauty and the refine of the art displayed by objects suppressing all we could have imagined. The impression was overwhelming. November 28th. Most of the day was spent in preparing the official opening of the tomb to take place on the morrow, the 29th. L. Birch, the chief inspector returned from Canna by midday train, came over to the valley on his motorcycle in the afternoon and inspected our discovery. 29th of November. Today was sort of an official opening to which followed the request was invited. Now this is a long list of people that I'm not actually going to go through. But the dignitaries, um, in, in antiquities, inspectors, etc, etc. Basically, obviously this was like um, the opening of a royal tomb. Um, just for kind of, the inspectors came in just to look to make sure that they'd not taken anything out of the tomb prior to them opening it. So we're going to move on to the 30th of November. A number of Egyptian nobles of Luxor came in the early morning and requested to be allowed to see the interior of the tomb. We were totally unprepared for such a large quantity of visiting the view of preservation of the antiquities and they being very crowded and in poor preservation we were obligated to refuse admission until some preparation was made to safeguard the objects. Lucas and Tom and Tottenham were unable to be presented present at the official opening yesterday arrived today at 11 a.m and made their official inspection both were very pleased and i might say astonished at the discovery lucian particularly so and very enthusiastic they remained to lunch and talked over various matters in the connection with the finding tottenham spoke very appreciatively of our achievement and went so far as to say that it would endeavor to see that lord carvener should be fully recompensated for his good work and enterprise and that he thought it was the duty of the egg government the egyptian government to give him all aid in completing the undertaking now the next few snippets are literally snippets december 1st lord carvada received letter from tottenham to above effect measured doorway for steel gate december 2nd lady e left for cairo december 3rd refilled entrance of tomb using heavy boards to close the doorway prior to covering with stone rubble. December 4th, Lord Carvener left for Cairo. 5th of December, measured doorway for steel gate. December 6th, left for Cairo. December 7th, ordered steel gate, purchased 32 bolts, photograph material, 197 sheets wadding equals 1970 yards, chemicals etc etc in answer to Ludgate's cable of congratulations answered if Burton's service could be lent to take photographs. December 8th Lovegate replied only too delighted to assist in any possible way please call on Burton and any other members of our staff cable Burton to effect. 9th of December saw Lucas director of chemical department of Egyptian government and he offered services for winter. 11th December, Lord Carvener left for England. 12th December, cable from Mace offering services. December 13th, Steelgate completed, left for Luxor. 
15th of December, materials arrived and Steelgate transported to the valley. 16th, reopening tomb. 17th of December, fixed Steelgate. 18th of December, Breasted arrived and examined seal. Burton, Hauser and Hill began work. Lord C arranged with Gardner in England to look after philological end of work. December 20th, Lucas arrived and began experiments on the 21st. Also made inspection of tomb from criminology investigation point of view. Permission from the government to use tomb number 15 as a laboratory. Now I'm going to leave it there for tonight, today, this morning, this afternoon, whatever time of day it is for you because it's night time for me. I'm going to leave it there for today. Have a wonderful week and I'll be back again soon with another instalment. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. See you again next time.